Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I did a little countdown again. <laughs> Grace was just doing her silly countdown. How's it going? Happy International Women's Day to you. Happy International Women's Day to you and to the ladies. Um, it's going well. <laughs> How are you celebrating? How are you partaking? Um, I'm celebrating by buying myself <laughs> more clothes. The only way to celebrate is to buy yourself some gifts. (laughs) How are you celebrating? I just like navigated the strikes to get back home, which I feel like is a feminist act. Yes. (laughs) And I did something really sneaky today, which is I got to the Eurostar really early because I thought the strikes would still be on and it would be cancelled. And they weren't and I got through really quickly and there was a train leaving an hour earlier and I just got on it I just went crazy and gorgeous and was like I'll just plead the fifth if they asked me for my ticket but they didn't and then I just felt like an assertive confident woman that's the best thing ever um I can't remember if we spoke about this on the pod I'm sure we did but last fashion week in September remember how I got on the Eurostar and I felt like I was literally like a walking croissant at that point. I was like, I feel so <laughs> feral. There's like butter oozing out of my pores. Like, I, and I'd just been drinking the whole time. And I was sitting, I went to get food from fucking, what's that cursed bakery in the Eurostar? It's like the only thing you can eat. And there was nothing. I lined up for oh, like- Paul. Paul. I lined up for like half an hour. I got to the front of this huge queue and there was literally nothing I could eat because the only thing was like a ham baguette. And I was like, even if I pull the ham out, it's just a plain baguette and, I, and I'll and i probably pass away. And got on the Eurostar and then walked down to the try and find food on the fucking cafe and ended up getting lit with a bunch of people. Did we talk about that on the pod? Yeah, that's that's really special. That wasn't the vibe today. The vibe was very exhausted, 
no one talking to each other, but I also got a baguette from the train and they put it in the microwave and it was just like oozing plastic cheese onto a paper plate. And I was like, I've never been happier. <laughs> yes. I was eating it like an actual pig. <laughs> the like, only thing to do. I mean, inhaling it. what's beautiful about catching the train from London to Paris is obviously Pret. Stocking up on Pret before you yes. get on. Um, my boyfriend's workmates. My boyfriend is in town in LA, which is nice. We hadn't seen each other in seven weeks. Special. Um, and he's here with his workmates, and his workmate was really hungover before he got on the plane, and he spent seventy four pounds in Pret. And oh he got God. like five different baguettes. And then I was asking him about what baguettes he got, and not one of them was the posh tutor. Not one out of five. 74 pounds at Pret, that's that's a lot. You're like wheeling a cart out of there because I feel like the average price per item is like a pound. Yeah, 50. well, one of the baguettes is like three pounds, definitely. But yeah, I'm glad you got home. Yeah, me too. I got, we passed the border, like we popped out of the channel and it was just the whole English countryside was just covered in snow. Wow, that's so cool. I was cool. like, why have I come back to this godforsaken country? So pretty though. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's pretty, but it's fucking freezing. Mm. Um, tell me, let's let's talk about Paris. Tell me what's been happening. You've been there. You were there for fucking ages, considering we recorded over a week ago and you were still there. You did the whole Paris Fashion Week circuit. You're like our live correspondent yes. from the runway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I... Yeah, it feels like a lifetime. It's actually technically only eight days, but I feel like I have been doing this for three years. Um, and by the end, someone actually messaged me and were like, were you okay yesterday? You seemed like really upset. And I was like, I was literally just so tired. I couldn't even form a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so I came across as like <laughs> emotionally disturbed. <laughs> it was good. I feel like we should talk about Balenciaga because that was the most interesting by far yes i'm very interested in your thoughts as well because we haven't really had a chance to debrief on it but overall really good fun i went to caviar caspiar and had one of those expensive potatoes which was probably my favorite part of the whole thing i've never heard about this what are these expensive potatoes so it's like a caviar place in paris and they like the all you get for dinner is a potato with some like sour cream and just heaped caviar. And I think they cost like 300 euros per potato or something. So you like are praying you get invited on a work trip. So you get one. And I posted it on Instagram. Actually, this is a funny story as well. I posted it on Instagram and someone replied being like, this is some Kathy Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, wow. That's really yeah. special. I've never heard of that. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't love a baked potato. I'm assuming it's baked. Nor do I love caviar. Okay. But but I would obviously eat it for the for the jokes. But yeah, baked potatoes I think are the I I don't know. I'm not a big baked or roast potato fan. Um I quite love a baked potato and I'm now wondering why I don't eat one more. mm. But um yeah. No, I very much enjoyed it. It was kind of my dream meal. It, you have the baked potato with caveat. That's your whole main. And then there's ice buckets full of just vodka. So I was doing shots of vodka. And then dessert is just a plate of raspberries with um, like creme fraiche, which is my favorite thing as well. And then when that's finished, they clear the food and bring out ashtrays and you can smoke inside. 
This place is so silly. It's so silly. I was like, this place was made for like Grace O'Neill in 2019. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'd feel upset about everything. I feel upset about the raspberries for dessert for sure. Give me a pecan pie any day. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved it. But what was really funny is I dropped my, obviously a big part of like doing this fashion month stuff is when you're working for a mag as we do is you're supposed to send back footage for them to upload. And one, I dropped my camera on the, my phone on the floor and it's like barely holding it together as it is. And one of the covers of the two camera lenses dropped off and I couldn't get it back on. And I need to send you some of the pictures my phone was taking. It was literally hilarious, like so blurred and fucked. And I realized that it only looked normal when it was on the 0.5 filter, like something about the light at that distance made the pictures look normal. So like every picture and video from the last three days is done. On point five. <laughs> so I just look like some like chuggy millennial trying to be like <laughs> cool no. taking pictures of this potato and the raspberries and stuff on the like fish islands. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I need to send you some of it. It's so funny. And there's a video of me like zooming in and I zoom just too far on like the runway and then the whole video goes like an insane, insane like something from the like 1920s. How are you explaining this creatively to your team? I just <laughs> just, sent them, just, just put them in the Dropbox. I just put them in and <laughs> yeah. That's that. I'm like, this is an angle that I'm going for and you guys have to deal with it. Um, but yeah, very bad thing for the phone to fuck up. Yeah. I also feel like we didn't really talk about it at the time, but when you bought a new phone from those people selling them, at that random shop in Notting Hill. I don't think that was the best idea. Yeah, It's the same phone and it keeps breaking and I keep taking it back to them to fix it. It's like a Frankenstein <laughs> phone with like all of these weird parts from probably like androids and like, I don't even know. It's, it's an actual mess. Yeah, it feels so boring to buy a new phone. I just can't bring myself to do it. It's like too grand i know it's what we use every day and it's the most amazing piece of technology and that's really not that much money but i just can't part with it it's a lot of money we need to go back to the nokia days i don't even use my phone i've been so like i don't know i don't even use my phone for any of the things any of the exciting technological advances i I, this morning i got on it and then i like checked my emails and then text you a bit and then like two hours later it was like oh yeah instagram so (laughs) i think we could maybe revert back although i do need google maps desperately yeah google maps is the main one yeah this phone has the battery life of like i don't even know what and it i had to keep going like back to the hotel extremely inconveniently because it was just dying and i couldn't maps anywhere (laughs) okay that's when you need a portable charger obviously I bought one again from like a really questionable mm. like near a train station shop and it it just stopped working after like 24 hours and it doesn't have like a charging port. Yeah, I like to buy those <laughs> and then not charge them ever and then both things are flat. I, I find it weird that there's not like one and maybe there is and people listening to this are like, oh, my God, but I find it weird there's not just one really obviously good portable charger that everyone uses. 
We should launch one, make a chic portable charger that all the fashion girls use that looks cool on the back of your phone, sticks on or something. Yeah, and that actually works, like fully works forever. I would spend a lot of money on that. Something to consider. The next AWD merch drop. Getting technical. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Balenciaga. Yes. I first thoughts thought the first 14 looks were very similar. Um, yes. <laughs> still think that to be fair, but again, I haven't, I, I haven't gone to the Reese, obviously, which you got to do and Balenciaga every single time, kind of more so than I guess, I guess in the past, because the runways were so huge and extravagant that you couldn't really see the clothes up close, but like the Reese's are so important for that brand because then you actually see in detail how intricate the design is. And I know that you were saying that to me that the Reese was incredible for that reason but yeah even zooming in on Vogue runway on all of the oversized blazers and jackets for the first 14 looks I like them but they were very similar which is kind Mm. of interesting for Demna who kind of has that big thing about like clothes and waste and sustainability and stuff but then I really liked a lot from the rest of the collection I really loved the dresses that they ended on I've always really loved the the florals that he does. So I'm glad that they were in there. And yeah, I don't know. I kind of, it was kind of what I expected. I expected it was going to be paired back. He did it at like a very old school show location. Nothing, nothing flashy, nothing fancy. Where like a bazillion fashion shows have been beforehand. White backdrop. Um, And I don't know. I've seen so many people slamming it online, even fashion people. And then... But I'm not sure what what people what people wanted. What did you think? Yeah, it was it was a funny one because yeah, it was like um, obviously part of the reason we're talking about it, it was the first one since the big controversy. Um, it's just making me think a lot about like online outrage and who's talking online and how it gets such like an outsized. Like people think what people say in the comments is indicative of how everyone feels, but it feels to me more and more like that's not true maybe i mean yeah so the basically they like made everyone bring passports and made the show location like a secret till the night before and asked everyone not to share it because they're worried about protesters but there weren't any and then yeah it was like you said a super stripped back minimal all about the clothes collection which apparently he was already had already planned for it to be that way like because they obviously start this stuff like a year in advance but everyone I think saw it as like his penance for the Balenciaga scandal to do something that simple and that it was going to be all about the clothes instead of the flashy pop culture stuff he's been doing and so I think some people expected it to be this like total change of direction 180 on his aesthetic completely different and then was surprised that it was basically doubling down on all the stuff that he does there were so many people in the comments being like, you have to fire him. It's time for him to go. And I was just like, this is, I don't know. There's this kind of menace to the online comments that I think has always been there, but that I'm thinking about a lot lately where people are kind of vicious and they want people to be fired or they want, you know, it's like, I don't know if it's messy and wanting drama or if it's what it is, but it's, it's weird. 
Yeah, I mean, as always, it's kind of like the people who are commenting, the people who are commenting and the people who are screaming the loudest are the ones who are angry and everyone who just thought the show was like good and peered back and kind of like his his way of going back to designing clothes and not designing for hype um, aren't the ones really, for the most part, jumping in the comments. You know, like I'm not really going to jump in and, yeah. and start fighting with these people. So then I think it kind of looks overwhelmingly as though people hated it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I guess I know we've touched on this before, but I think it's just what fashion and what designers are finding so hard to kind of balance at the moment is this algorithm and the fact that like entertainment and stunts go so viral, which captures attention, which then results in sales. And like we said, Demna kind of got caught up in this cycle of it because he was so good at it. And then Balenciaga became so hype and then the sales would have been great. So the company that owns it would have had their like foot on his throat. And then it's just hard now to walk that line. And I feel like so many designers get lost, like their beautiful collections kind of get lost in the middle of this virality. And then so brands, and then, I don't know, it's just really hard to balance it. I feel like Loewe is like one of the only brands that does it so perfectly because it's like making these incredible, well-designed, beautiful clothes, but at the same time, just so creative and different that they end up it ends up being posted about but it's not being posted about because it's really that gimmicky although I know like there are some gimmicky bits of it I don't know I guess it's just like hard yeah a hundred percent I know it's so hard I really feel for designers and I was just thinking as well about like how if Demna did this and there hadn't been a scandal people would be frothing it they'd be like oh my god he's such a genius he did all these kind of big performance arty runways and now he's bringing it back to basics and taking it back to being all about the clothes and it's funny to me how much all of the discussion about him and how valuable he is as a designer like so many people in the comments were just saying stuff I saw like this is lazy design or this is this is just simply bad design or and and you're like I don't know who yeah, I, I I don't want to sound – it's difficult because you don't want to be like, you have to see the clothes in person to get it. But it's like there is this this tendency nowadays, I think, for people to see some stuff online and think it makes them like an expert in something and they make like these huge uh, – like what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just these huge blanket statements about things without having the kind of like expertise to know what they're saying. And then a bazillion people like love the drama and the messiness. So jump in and comment on it. <laughs> and that becomes the leading narrative. And it's like any, you can say that that campaign was distasteful or, or even like problematic and fucked up. You can say whatever you want about how that was executed, but like trying to retroactively act as if he doesn't know how to design clothes is so random. <laughs> yeah for sure so yeah I don't know I'm I feel as though people who really love Balenciaga and really love his designs were for the most part what I was seeing online were really loved the collection and they're kind of standing by him because they love his designs just in general um and then I saw that you put in the doc someone saying that that a reviewer from Bazaar was it US was saying that um she heard that people were kind of saying it should have been 
I don't know, it should have been more of a like ode to Balenciaga's founder and, and, it, and that it was too kind of peered back and too simple and it should have been, I don't know. But I think that, and what she said was that the clothes felt kind of humble and not in your face, which I think people needed. People needed like a palate cleanser. Otherwise they would have been going off at him for being arrogant. <laughs> exactly. It's like people just want to punish him a bit more, it feels <laughs> yeah. like. So whatever he was going to put down the runway, someone was going to find some way, like you said, of saying it's either true this or true that. If he did this 180 and suddenly started designing it to look like what the brand looked like 100 years ago, everyone would be complaining. I kind of think he did the best thing that he could have done. It'll be interesting to me, like, Obviously, it's all about who buys it, you know, and what people think technically of it isn't always the same as who buys the stuff. And, like, I walked past the store in Paris and it just – I remember being there, like, a year or so ago and it was just, like, pumping out the door craziness and this time it was just really quiet and I just wonder so much of that – like, what people are now slamming him for which is the online hype so much of that is why people bought it so I I, I, yeah I wonder if he'll be able to get that balance back Mm. (laughs) of like just making beautiful clothes but also having enough hype around it that people get obsessed yeah yeah exactly I feel like the balance is I feel like the balance is I don't know I hate that everything is kind of married to this attention economy at the moment like even just celebrities with fashion is so annoying at the as so annoying and just how everyone has to kind of capture mm. attention in this way they never used to have to because of the internet and even just like I'm sure celebrities getting jobs and actresses getting jobs is so like aligned with how much they capture the attention of the wider pop culture and so much of that is to do with fashion and being really trendy on the red carpet and it's just I don't know let's just all be happy about people being good at stuff. Must just be like really stressful. <laughs> so stressful. I know. I can't even imagine what it must be like behind the scenes and like all the metrics that things are measured by, whether they're successful or not. And there's always just like three or four brands that it feels from the outside like everyone is buying and then there's all these designers doing amazing work but you're either in like the four or five brands everyone's obsessed with (laughs) or you're not getting talked about it's it's such a thing my favorite part of paris fashion week was avril lavigne and tiger sitting front row at y project and then kissing (laughs) so are they dating i can't i don't know when I came out of, I swear to God, when I came off the train today and down the stairs, the row of like scary looking immigration people in with dogs and like cops were standing there. And one of them was like, yeah, and now she's dating Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was like, what? And then she was like, yeah, Ky- uh, Kylie Jenner's ex-boyfriend Tiger. And they were literally talking about Avril Lavigne and Tiger. It's huge. It's, it's breaking. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's so it's so crazy that I had to like reread the headline three times to make sure I was reading it correctly. Do you think it's a stunt or no? Real? I think it's too it's too clever to be a stunt. No one would ever think of that. <laughs> Who would ever think of that? <laughs> Avril Lavigne. She also went. She has the most chaotic taste in men. Remember when she did a Brody Jenner for ages? I did not remember that. I 
I did not remember that. They no. were fully like he was dating Avril Lavigne for ages. So Avril Lavigne would be, and because Brody Jenner is obviously Kylie and Kendall's half brother, which is also so crazy. Avril Lavigne would be like at the Kardashian Jenner family things. I wish they were still together. It's so confusing. And then I saw on a TikTok that said also that Avril Lavigne is on like Travis Barker's record label or something. And the guy she was engaged to until five minutes ago and who she appears to have left for Tiger is also connected to the Kardashian family. It's all just so deranged. I love it. My favorite couple of the year. It wouldn't be a Y2K renaissance without Avril Lavigne coming back on the scene again. <laughs> and doing so by kissing Tiger. It's beautiful. It's poetic. Where did they meet? Like, what's what's the story? What's the backstory there? Oh, my God. I know that I, I, know that I literally just said this, but Tiger dating Kylie Jenner and Avril Lavigne dating Brody Jenner and now them together. Yeah. That's crazy. And her dressing like a kind of Kardashian light at the same time. She needs to release some more music. She probably has and we just haven't heard it. The hold, like the choke hold that fucking album had on me. It it influenced, I think if Avril Lavigne didn't exist, Avril Lavigne influenced me in a way that not many others did when I was like 13. Yeah, I feel like if you played that album I would know every single word to every song. Yeah. And I want to do that now. She's probably still embedded in my personality in this really weird way because she was like all I – I dressed like her. I talked like her. I started riding a skateboard because of her. Did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. I used to – she was the first concert I ever went to and me and my cousin went and dressed up as her, but I, I sadly didn't ride a skateboard. <laughs> you lose <laughs> And we went – and the band that opened for her was Simple Plan, and I started crying. I was 12. <laughs> yeah, good. That's <laughs> probably crazy. still the happiest moment of my whole life. Wow. Simple Plan <laughs> opening for you is, make, is quite major. <laughs> she was so major. People forget. And then she had the girlfriend era. Yeah. Wait, she was married to the guy from Nickelback. She's so chaotic. Her, like, her love life? And who's the guy she was just engaged to? He has, like, a crazy name, Mod Son. That's a celebrity memoir we need. That's a fucking celebrity memoir we need. ASAP. Or a documentary. Avril needs her documentary, her Netflix doc. That is in the post. I feel like she is soft-launching herself to have the full Paris Hilton treatment. Documentary, book, another documentary. A call her daddy interview, probably. <laughs> I can see it. Remember when everyone thought she was dead? (laughs) (laughs) That's what she needs to do the documentary about. Where did that come from? Because I was trying to think, like, she, she's, she never kind of, people didn't hate her as much as they hated Paris or Lindsay, but then we also, that is the hook. We thought she was dead for ages. (laughs) I I need Netflix to do this immediately. Needs to be a case file, yep. A case file. <laughs> and then the twist is that she's alive. That's, I don't know why you haven't done that. <laughs> the twist is that she is dead and this is, in fact, the clone that everyone said it was.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I find the clone conspiracy theory so funny, like how people think Kanye West is currently a clone because Google says that his wife should be taller than him, but she's not. And I'm like, I love instead of them thinking that Google has her height wrong, they think that (laughs) he's been cloned slightly taller. I didn't know this. Yeah, it's a full thing on TikTok. People are convinced that he's been cloned. And the Kardashians have, like, the original Kanye in some sort of <laughs> bunker <laughs> to stop him They probably do. Crazy. I mean, when you once you bring them into it, there's, there's no saying how far their powers go. That's what, I, I just feel like Kris Jenner has something to do with this Avril Lavigne tiger thing. I just do. I feel like her grubby mitts are all over it. I feel like this is part of some larger conspiracy that we're just mere pawns watching play out. Probably. I mean, those that family, I don't know how they, I don't know how or why they feel the need to own everything. But even I was talking the other day about how, <laughs> well, like, I don't know. I'm just like, you don't, aren't you guys really rich and can't be fucked? Even just how Kendall Jenner is the creative director of Ford, that random website, that random e-tailer, which also is interesting because it's like, even with Kendall Jenner, as the creative director of Ford, still, you couldn't pay me to shop on that site. It's so funny how, like, sometimes it just doesn't matter about celebrity attachments. Or maybe Kendall Jenner just doesn't have much clout. But then that site, so then that site is owned by Revolve or something. So Kendall has a stake in Revolve as well, which is obviously makes sense because all the Kardashians were at the Revolve party. But I'm just like, you've also right. got 818 and your modeling and you have your reality TV show... And you probably own four billion other things. Like how Khloe Kardashian owns the, is a part owner of the collagen that I use and her jean brand and whatever else. It's the Kris Jenner way is to like never stop working, never stop expanding. They've got like that real (laughs) capitalist, they're like capitalism embodied. There's never enough money. There's never enough power. There's never enough expansion. When Kim had that like string of, her true crime podcast, passing her law degree and then like opened a hedge fund or something or like a yeah. venture capital firm. That was so I mean, I'll never get funny. over her putting, doing crypto Instagram stories. I think my lowest point as a consumer was when on this podcast live, I was like truly considering spending $800 on her random skincare line. Mm. That's how powerful they are. <laughs> 
I know. <laughs> she didn't. Wait, great. She didn't even lift a finger to convince me. And I was like, maybe. This is important. Did you, do you, did you buy, I'm so sure I remember this in my brain. Did you buy the Augustine Beta thing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how was it? I'm seeing it going, sales. I'm seeing it everywhere. So Augustine Beta is that um, beauty skincare brand that has that one product. What is it? Like a moisturizer. Yeah, the rich cream. Yeah, moisturizer. <laughs> and it's really fucking expensive. And they basically say that all you should do is use that product for 28 days and it will change your skin. And they just got named a unicorn company and they're worth a billion dollars. And you, my good friend, bought it. Tell me. Yeah. So I bought it. I, it's definitely good. I just, I think there's like a limit to how good a moisturizer can be. And I don't think how good that is ever warrants like a $300 price tag. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd say it's like marginally, like it's definitely the best moisturizer I've used, but I wouldn't, like I'd love to receive some. I would like <laughs> love Put to it have it in my universe. home. Yeah. yeah. But I, it is really, really good. I just think you need to use a lot of it as well. Like you need to slather your face with it. Cost per pump is probably really high. It's almost like I started using it as a like special treat moisturizer, which I know is kind of not the point because you're meant to do it every single day to see effects. But I was like, I just I'm going to run out of this in two weeks. Yeah. So they're saying, I mean, their whole thing is the 28 day. You use it for 28 days because your skin cycle is 28 days, so your skin whatever like refreshes after 28 mm. days. So if you do, if you just use that then you'll see a difference in 28 days. And then I was reading, I got just like weirdly deep in this Substack newsletter yesterday that was about it. Um, and she spoke to dermatologists who were basically saying that, yes, that makes sense. And you will see a difference in your skin after 28 days if you just use that. But it's kind of the exact same as if you're peering back any routine, because basically all of our routines are filled with way too many products and way too much crap, which kind of irritates our skin, which then makes us put on more products, which then perpetuates the cycle so they were saying if you do cut back in your routine and really just have like a couple of simple things then your skin will be different anyway and augustine beta is basically just like capitalizing on that yes that makes sense to me i've kind of the wisdom that i've kind of heard from people that are really into beauty and know beauty really well is that the things worth investing is always like active ingredient stuff like serums and that cleanser and moisturizer the variance between really expensive and really cheap is just not as high um mm. so i just for me personally i don't think it's where i would invest but if i had heaps of money i would i would probably buy it and use it every day because it is really nice um okay good Good to hear. Not that I was going to buy it, but it's just interesting. I know. We need to manifest them sponsoring us so we can just have it on tap. <laughs> I know. Okay, shall we? Anything else to say about Paris Fashion Week before we move on? What Not else really. Happened? Gorgeous Emma Corrin was at Mew Mew, which was quite special, and it made me extra sad that you weren't there. Did we even talk about how we went to the, premi the premiere night of Orlando, Emma Corrin's I don't play. think we did. It was very special, very special evening for like my last night in London, basically. Yeah. 
yeah, that was really nice. I, I liked the Mew Mew show. I need to basically catch up, which I think is also maybe another little interesting aside about how Fashion Week and fashion shows and all the commentary around it is so interesting to the, to a very specific small part of the world and even people who love fashion and who shop all the time and who genuinely have favorite designers won't actively a lot of the time watch the shows or even look through the collection on Vogue Runway or whatever which is kind of me like I I will as it's happening I won't really engage because my ADHD brain just I don't know I just I find it all a bit much I can't be bothered keeping up unless I unless I was literally sitting around and I saw Loewe or, or Mew Mew or something go live like sometimes I'll watch the show live on Instagram if I'm not at the show but otherwise I kind of will catch up like way later when I feel like it <laughs> when I don't feel like it's being pushed down my throat. I'm the same if I w- wasn't like anytime I'm not physically there for work I'm not even looking really yeah I think just the experience of like hundreds because it's it's just information fatigue. It's like hundreds and hundreds. Say there's like all together maybe 15 shows a day every day for 30 days and each show has like 60 to 90 looks. It's just ridiculous. Like even if you're obsessed by fashion, you just can't really stay on top of that. And there's not really a need to see it in real time or within 20. You know what I mean? I just I, I think that's totally normal even when we used to work in like digital online I'm sure it was the same for you like any fashion month con you would think for fashion magazines fashion month content was massive but it would just nosedive I just think people don't engage with a a static image of a runway show just isn't that interesting (laughs) to most people yes yes and yeah I don't know. I guess the the only times, again, which like links back to what we were talking about before, is like the only times that they would it would be really popular is if there was something like J Lo walking the runway at Versace, some kind of celebrity yeah. moment or something or some kind of gimmick, which is exactly <laughs> what designers are probably hating about everything right now. But yeah, I I just don't know. Sometimes I feel really guilty because people will go and ask me about. You know, they'll be like, what did you think of Prada? And Prada happened yesterday. And I'm just like, oh, God, am I a fraudulent fashion lover for not having even watched the show still or looked at Vogue Runway still, even though I love Prada? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's, yeah, you just consume on your own timeline. It's much better, too, because then you're actually taking it in for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Unless you literally just have to. Um, yeah, yeah Mumi was amazing. It was, it was really, really good, really good. Are you gonna wear those little underwear? The little underwear out and about? No, and the coloured tights and the like. It was just that thing, you know, when you go to like Pilates or something, and you just want to look cute, but you end up just looking like a dishevelled mess, especially in London because it's just freezing and horrible. So you just throw things on top of each other. They had all of these ones that were really just how you want to look during that. It was like leggings, a cool jumper, a cool jacket over the top, a cool coat over the top of that, cool hat, cool sunglasses. Like everything about it was just good. Mm. I love the styling as well. I did see, I have seen a little bit from Yumi and I loved how the tights would be um, folded over the 
pulled over the jumpers so the jumpers are tucked into the tights which feels like such a nod to how women actually dress and I love even the little thing of how the handbags were on the elbow yeah and the um the hair was like purposefully disheveled I feel like the whole thing was kind of about trying to get to that like you say that making those little things that we do that make us feel a little bit like not chic because they're just functional turning that into something stylish Mm. It was really cool. An International Women's Day nod. By exactly. Mew. I want to look like a sexy libra- a sexy Mumu librarian. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I found it kind of funny that um, Amelia Hamlin walked in Mumu. I was so proud of her. I was like, <laughs> youngest daughter, fucking housewives. <laughs> yeah. Against the odds, who would have guessed it? I was cheering her on. Does she feel like a Mew Mew girl to you? I wouldn't immediately associate her with being a Mew Mew girl, but then I remembered that I, in my head I was like, there's something with Mew Mew. Then I remembered that you had partied with her at Mew Mew. So I just remembered I, I guess... that as I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've sowed the seeds. Very true. I have to say, in general, it was an extremely, extremely disappointing season for casting. Like, it feels as if everyone has given up even pretending to give a fuck about body inclusivity, mm-hmm. and it just felt like that last season much so that- massively. You can tell you like when you're there in person, it's so jarring, don't you reckon? Like when you're literally sitting watching a show happen. And you're wanting to focus on the clothes and you're wanting to be like, this is beautiful. And the whole time, all I'm doing is looking at every single model and every single model is thin. And it makes me feel really awkward and upset. Well, there was, yeah, there was a couple of moments where I I felt myself like physically almost recoil seeing girls. And it was interesting because Vanessa Friedman from New York Times tweeted at New York about it. And she did a, um, like a little video and was basically like, this is really fucked up this season. And her comments on Twitter were like inundated with people saying, you're shaming these models, blah, blah, blah. Also, what I found kind of interesting about that is what what was the show she picked? She picked a show that had nothing to do with like the, there's so many fashion houses that are involved in, that are under the same blanket umbrella, company umbrella as Um, the New York Times. And I just found it, someone was just like, lol, that you're picking this one brand, but you would never, you would never slam like, how thin and and the exact same like any of the other brands are it's just so interesting when you like look into the logistics of it that's so interesting follow the money Mm, (laughs) but basically she wrote in this like follow-up piece that as a person there physically seeing it you can see the difference between someone who is naturally thin and someone who is ill and like that's become a real taboo that you're not supposed to talk about now but it's just a reality and I get that it's an icky subject because you're talking about mainly kind of teenage girls or girls in their early 20s and you're talking about their bodies in this way that feels uncomfortable to discuss and like guessing who's, you know, well and who isn't and who's naturally th- – like that stuff feels like a very tricky thing to delve into but at the same time it is that thing of like we have eyes. <laughs> it's uncomfortable mm. It was probably the key conversation with most of the people I had when I was there. So it's not like the industry's all in agreement with it. It's just this thing that's not changing. Yeah. And it's very bothersome. I have to say Chanel had 
an amazing, amazing, amazing casting. Oh, that's so Real great. Quick. Yeah. It, it shows you as well, like, Paloma and Precious Lee have just had the fucking weight of the industry on their shoulders because I didn't really see either of them this season and it just meant that there was no one. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if it's so unfair to just put that on a couple of models. Yeah. Fully. And even when they would be walking, like a lot of the shows that Paloma was put in, they would make clothes specifically for her and then not even put them into production, which I found just yes. even more disgusting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's so fucking true. Um, I know. Okay, we should move on because um, we don't yes. have much time left because on International <laughs> Women's Day, we're beholden to the fucking men <laughs> in our lives with their meetings around this podcast, which is the most important part of any bloody day um <laughs> i literally kicked my boyfriend out onto the street it's eight in the morning oh that's that's international women's day for you you got yeah i was like i was like get out <laughs> something funny that i read that i thought would be something you would be interested in is it's about food which we've already been talking about for the stuff full start of the pod but um, there was – I missed this. I missed this news moment as it happened. But Joe and Jill Biden, the president of the United States, my president and first lady, um, went out for dinner near the White House. And they went to this place called the Red Hen, which is an Italian-American place, joint, which is probably very cheap and just run-of-the-mill establishment. They went there for dinner and while they were there, people figured out what they ordered and they ordered the exact same main. And then that made the internet go crazy calling them boring. <laughs> and <laughs> so what did they get? They got two portions of rigatoni with sausage, which is really funny. Um, and then what this food editor said that it was unimaginative, embarrassing and the opposite of romantic for them to be ordering the same thing. <laughs> For dinner, and I just wanted to discuss with you your thoughts on on the situation. Um, I think that this is like so them, so Jill and Joe to do this. Um, and it does feel embarrassing and I don't know why. I need to like get to the root of it. <laughs> but it feels really jada to me to sit and both have the same mane. I love but it. But I feel like with... I think it's really gorgeous. It, it like, speaks to codependence in this really stupid, illogical way in my brain. But it also could just be that they love – what I like about it is I feel like they love the same rigatoni with sausage. They both felt like it, and they didn't want to yeah. share. I feel like it's kind of the opposite of codependence in my brain because I'm just like, what happens with me is I'll go out for dinner with whoever, usually, obviously, your, like, partner, I guess, because you don't – it depends. I mean, there's a small plates restaurant, which is like a whole other thing that we can get into. The restaurants where you are sharing tiny small plates. But then when you're going to a place where it's entree, main and dessert, which is so hard to come by these days. And I really do appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to just order, if you're really craving a dish and then someone else wants you to halve it with them, that's, I think, I feel like Jill just being like, I don't want to order something else so that you can have a little something different with your rigatoni and sausage like that's what i want that's yeah. how i see it no i i do completely agree with you i i i think my knee-jerk reaction is obviously what got the internet talking and it's like why do we feel like this but i'm now 
have you ever gone to a restaurant with Amar and ordered the same dish as him? I don't think Zach and I have literally ever done that except maybe at like the pub both getting like a schnitzel or like <laughs> feeling like burgers from a burger. You know what I mean? I feel like it just a, a – yeah. No, we – haven't but there have been instances where i've wanted to and i've felt trapped <laughs> and upset that i've had to get something else and share because we share a lot of the time and but that's because i have like this crazy food envy and like this optimization anxiety when it comes to menus and we have like this very stressful time basically every time we're at a restaurant because we want to get an order right and a lot of the time that means there's like a couple of dishes that stand out so you want to try them and sometimes with friends who hate sharing i find it kind of jarring as well like, they just want to get their own main if we're getting takeaway or something from somewhere like, I don't know, a Thai place where it makes sense to share. I hate share plate culture now that we're talking about this. It's made me realize. But because I get anxiety about not being like people please or anxiety, I'm always like, I'll go with the flow, get whatever. And then with share plate culture, it always means for me, at least I end up with a meal that I'm like 70% happy with. Whereas... I wish we could go back to the glory days of just picking a meal and you order exactly what you want. But like you say, I can't even remember the last time I was at a restaurant where that was an option. Yeah, I said to you that you guys would love Noble Rot in London because it is that. Kind of those old yeah. school establishments where it, it's like an entree, a main and a dessert. And you just pick one of each and then, yeah. And then the other person might get... I guess that's kind of what we're talking about here. Like the other person might get a different dish and then you guys will have a little pick of each rather than share plates where I agree it's just a fucking mess and all you're eating is like anchovies. But yeah, I do like, for example, when I'm really thinking about a dish, like this vodka pasta that I can't get out of my head from this restaurant in LA I went to recently, there is no way that I want to go there and for Omar to want to order something else and have some of my pasta i don't want that to happen yeah very strongly about that if he wants some of that pasta he can order his own yes i almost feel like if i go with zach because zach's a really good order and i feel like i'm a bad orderer (laughs) that if he picks something i'm like it will just be annoying if i get the same you know it's like a copy like i feel like i'm copying <laughs> yeah, like I have to stand on my own two feet. That's what people are saying individual. about this. They're saying that it's unromantic and and yeah, like codependent or whatever. But I think Jill was, I think Jill was making a stand for women everywhere. It's like this is interesting because it's like this story would not come out about Melania and Donald. Like they just would not go to the a restaurant and order the same food, and that in itself is. What does it all mean? <laughs> why does it why does it feel indicative of them as a couple? Why? I feel like it, it means Donald would make her order something else because he wants to try some. Yeah, agree. It's a sign of a very healthy relationship. I, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, I think small plates suck. Oh my God. Reading that piece that you sent about the how small plate culture is just killing us all, I was just like, I literally don't think I've been to dinner and not had a fucking burrata for the table in probably seven years. <laughs> I know. I love trying. I love tasting little bits of everything. But I think with small plates, the issue is that so much of the time, nothing is a banger because everything, they have too many things on the menu that they're trying to make good that nothing 
stands out as really good or if one thing stands out as really good you're not getting enough of it anyway because you're sharing it between six greedy girls yes and it's always variations like you say on the same thing it's always like a burrata and and anchovy type like small fish thing something on a bread like a a twist on a bruschetta um something fried like you know what I mean it's like and then a kind of crudo raw fish thing it's like every restaurant has the same menu (laughs) I know in the world apart from this place called the red hen (laughs) we need to go to Washington DC and go to the red hen and I'll eat wait what was it again rigatoni with sausage that sounds disgusting do you <laughs> i think it sounds i mean nice. i don't like i don't like sausage so that's why i think it sounds disgusting i would be embarrassed if that came out about me i don't know I'm like <laughs> it's nothing sacred can't they just have dinner without it <laughs> turning into fucking headline news i know joe is so cute did you see him on drew barrymore's talk show with jill Who? the president Joe went on Drew Barrymore's talk show. I was like, excuse me, Joe, like there's fucking pressing matters to attend to. That's really funny. I love Drew Barrymore's talk show. I want to start watching it. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, a gorgeous girl. And he was like talking about how he proposed to Jill like 10 times and she kept saying no. That's what I mean. She's she's great. She's great. She went to South Africa. Wait, he went to South Africa and... He was like, and then I met with Nelson Mandela and Drew's like, I'm just going to stop you there. Was this when he was still imprisoned? <laughs> she was like, and he's like, yes. And she's like, okay, go ahead. And then he's like, I saw Nelson Mandela and I was like, I'm going to ask Jill to marry me one more time and that's it. And he went and knocked on her door and said, that's it. I'm only asking one more time. It's yes or I'm going forever. And she said, fine. Jada for him, he's telling everyone this. I know. Treat him mean, keep him keen. Well done to Jill. <laughs> Hats off. First lady Jill with her brigatoni. This has really turned into an International Women's Day episode. <laughs> um, okay, must go, must go. Okay, love you guys. Over to Patreon to talk about The Weekend, Sam Levinson, Lily Rose Depp, Cara Delevingne, etc., etc., much to discuss the first half is yeah truly cursed state (laughs) um okay love you bye love you guys bye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.